on the Soji123 website. Everyone has a sexual orientation and gender identity scientifically. Yes, male and female. That's it. Not 150 or 300 or 1,000 pronouns, not self-identification, you know, not being true to their true selves, two genders, male and female. So I'm going to get that clear right away. Then if you go down the page, it talks about collaborators. So I was interested, who's collaborating with them? And then you come down to this page and you still have to keep searching a little bit. So let's meet our supporters, our collaborators. It goes back to the ARC Foundation. So here on the left, we see provincial education partners, all of the unions, of course, BT, uh, Teachers Association, QP. Really? Weren't the U unions all previously, uh, you know, didn't this all come together to make sure that employees had good wages? When did they become the social justice warriors of the world? Well, one of them is out on screen. So I thought, okay, who's out on screen? My friends, we have got another great show planned for you tonight, and it's always such a special treat when we get to showcase Tanya Gaw as the featured speaker on the Empower Hour. For those of you who are new to the show, Tanya is the founder and leader of Action for Canada, and she's been standing up to big bully governments for over eight years now. She and the Action for Canada team are committed to educating and empowering you to stand up for your God-given rights and freedoms. Tanya, hello. Thank you so much. And I want to give you a big shout out for covering for me last week when I was away and on the speaking tour, which was a great success. We had great fun. We had great turnouts and a little bit of opposition, as I just mentioned in the uh, weekly update. But a huge thank you to you and Dan and Kim and the team. It was just amazing. All right. Is everybody ready? It's hard for me to be special guest and uh, to be doing this all on my own. Uh, but I think it's very, very important. I've been talking uh, for a little while about the Soji resources uh, that we have come across. And uh, after a while, I have found some of these resources on the actual page, uh, but you had to do some digging to get there. Where I originally got it was from a whistle whistleblower in the school district 2023, 20, which is in Kelowna, BC, and it's called the Soji Toolkit. And I was horrified to see, but happy to see the evidence showing that they are indeed indoctrinating and in grooming, in grooming and exploiting our children. So I'm just going to share my screen Terenzio how is that looking we're good to go all right all right thanks Terenzio I am going to start with a little bit of history it's going to be a little different in every single province uh, a little different but the same so uh, every single province ended up amending the human rights code to include gender identity and expression as a protected class so rather than do every single province I'm just going to focus on British Columbia for a while because this is where Soji has originated. And I just have to emphasize again that Soji, the wind sex ed, back to basics in Nova Scotia is all comprehensive sexuality education, which has been funneled down from the UN for all member nations to implement. And it is to sexualize children at the earliest age possible. possible. 
So in July of 2016, Christy Clark, this lady right here, was the premier of British Columbia, and she showed up with uh, over 80 sex activists to uh, uh, actually table and pass the amendment to the Human Rights Code. It actually went through first, second, and third reading all in one day. And you'll see that they're all proudly standing there. Uh, these are men dressed as women here and here and here. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, this is the uh, Attorney General Minister of Justice. Years later, when she saw that this amendment was being used um, in nefarious ways, uh, to support, uh, there was a trans person who was trying to get women in BC to wax his private private parts, and they, of course, were uh, denying him service. And so he thought that uh, he would drag them before the Human Rights Code. And she said, "Well, this this wasn't what it was intended to be." She thought she was gonna she was doing a good thing. Um, I think it would take any reasonable person to think that you don't support people's uh, mental illness or uh, delusions, uh, but it got passed uh, on, pr on purpose there with these individuals very proudly supporting it. We're gonna talk about the trans flag a little bit later as I get into the show and really understanding who the people were before that. Again, did they do any research to um, understand what they were actually supporting? So in the amendment to the Human Rights Code, we have it as Bill C-16 at the Federal Code. It was included in the Criminal Code. And they ended up, here it is, sexual orientation, gender identity, or expression. All of this is based on ideologies. I'm going to keep repeating that. This is, uh, you know, not something that I believe should be in, uh, uh, in the Human Rights Code. And it has definitely caused dueling human rights. And so I say where there's a duel, there's a fight, and I have highlighted religion here, which has been, of course, since the beginning of time, has been part of the Human Rights Code that you have the freedom of religion, it's in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and that was based on Christianity when all of this was uh, formed. And um, now what we've got, as I said, dueling human rights, and we're in a fight, they wanted a fight, they brought it on, we gotta win. And it is not about hate, it's not about racism. This is a, a matter of they are not respecting anybody else's human rights if uh, it relates to uh, religious belief, personal belief, uh, ethics, morality. They are railroading over everybody's rights, and I have a problem with that. Uh, the only good thing that Pierre Elliott Trudeau said was that the government had no business in the bedrooms of the citizens. And I can tell you that the sex activists have no business in the classrooms of, uh, in, and in the education system. You get out and we'll have no problem. You leave our kids alone, we'll have no problem. Okay, so that was in July of 2016. And then what happened right away, you could see they had this all planned, is in September of 2016, they launched SOGI into nine pilot schools in British Columbia. Uh, and in the beginning of 2017, the ARC Foundation, along with the Minister of Education, who was Glenn Hansman at that time, a homosexual, had de there he is right there, developed the helped to develop the SOGI 123. The BC government paid the um, ARC Foundation $100,000. And uh, next thing you know, there it was, it was implemented. You keep an eye, this uh, gentleman, 
has caused a lot of harm. He has also been responsible for railroading over other people's human rights. Uh, Barry Neufeld is one of those individuals. Barry Neufeld in 2017 looked took a look at Soji as we are going to do tonight, and he said, "You know what? Uh, he's had a lot of uh, you know experience with uh, groomers and individuals, and he says this looks a lot like grooming children." So they, BCTF, um, he's no longer the president of the BCTF, but he's obviously still involved with the ARC Foundation. Uh, they have um, smeared his name. They've dragged his name through the month. They dragged him through court. Uh, they've, as far as I'm concerned, they've cheated in the court as far as representing uh, Glenn Hansman, and uh, they're going after the little guy. And it's caused Barry... Newfeld, hundreds of thousands of dollars to take this on for all parents in Canada and their children. So we need to support Barry Newfeld further. Okay, so we'll move along. This was the new minister of um, uh, new minister of education in BC, Rashna Singh. And uh, I don't know, this is the most ridiculous person I've ever heard in the House. One of the MLAs who's uh, just stepped away into the Conservative Party, forgive me, I can't remember his name right now. He was reading one of the books in the legislature and they shut him down because it was so disgusting what he was saying. And Rashna Singh couldn't even put two sentences together to respond to this. And she definitely didn't turn around and say, yes, these books are pornographic. We should have no part of this. Instead, she talks about when students can see themselves reflected in the world around them through stories. <laughs> oh, the stories that are in our schools, the books. Uh, stories of same gender parents or math problems. Can you imagine that incorporating all of this into math? Let's show you, I'm gonna show you what's happening with math. Um, okay, so stories of same gender parent or math problems that use they, them pronouns in a school environment. I frankly don't understand this sentence. I don't know how math or they, them has anything to do with it, but boy, oh boy, when you see the Soji toolkit, you will. What's it say about math in Canada? Canadian schools are failing on math instruction. And multiple times I've shown you in Ontario, grade nine, 56% uh, standard of math. Like these kids are failing miserably. How are they going to run this country? They're not. The Chinese, the Chinese are, and that's not a racist comment. The Chinese don't have trans kids in China. All right. They are training their kids up in reading, writing, and arithmetic. And I tell you, they know the history of China. Do our children know? They don't even know what gender they are or what bathroom they go into because of what Ms. Reshna and Mr. Hansman are doing to our children and Mr. Ebby. Okay, here is Glenn Hansman again. This is 2016, all right? This is how long this has been going on. In 2016, the BCTF was active in the lobby that succeeded in getting the BC Human Rights Code updated to include gender identity and expression. And we are now working to support implementation into the public sector. Not just good enough that they've overtaken the schools. It does say including schools, but the public sector. So unless businesses are going to support them, there's going to be shame. There's going to be attacks. They're saying, don't give them your business. And look at this. Existing BCTF policies and procedures have been updated to guide our actions forward on equity, diversity, and inclusion. And of course, you're hearing a lot about that uh, coming from uh, the UN as well. 
and the ESG scores and what businesses again are expected equity diversity inclusions means that you no longer hire somebody based on whether they are the right person for the job you base on their sexual diversity or gender identity or whether they're handicapped i feel that's insulting to anybody why would you even want to take a job uh you know as a default that's very weak we want people we don't want victims we want them to excel but the bctf and the canadian government and the provincial governments like to victimize these people because they're easiest control and then they can advance their agenda i'm going to fight for the underdog i'm going to fight fight for the victims who are these kids that are being lured into this program okay so after that all happened in July of 2017, there was a legislative order passed in British Columbia. And look at this. Look what it says. It says the Ministry of Education and Child Care no longer conducts evaluation processes to recommend learning resources. No, now the responsibility now rests with the boards, with the school boards. So in British Columbia, SOGI 123 is not a curriculum. It is a learning resource that has been embedded into all subjects which means that the boards have the power to remove them because they are responsible for learning resources. So remember that when you're serving our notices of liability to the boards, remember that this personal liability is going to hit home pretty soon because in California, armpit of the United States on this subject, you know, the most woke state other than, uh, you know, New York in, in all of the United States, there, there was a lady who ended up suing the school board because they were transitioning. The school was transitioning her child and she won $150,000 was paid out to her. And so the school boards are setting themselves up here. And that's why it's important for failure. They're setting themselves up for failure. And that's why it's very important all of you get actively involved serving the notices of liability because we don't know what judge is going to be the one with the greatest backbone in Canada to start helping us out. But it's going to start happening in Canada as well. We have four provinces that are now passing legislation on behalf of parent parental rights and to protect our children. And it's only a matter of time before judges start to see they're on the winning side by overturning all of this. Okay, so on the SOGI123 website, everyone has a sexual orientation and gender identity. Scientifically, yes, male and female, that's it. Not 150 or 300 or 1,000 pronouns, not self-identification, you know, not being true to their true selves, two genders, male and female. So I'm going to get that clear right away. Then if you go down the page, it talks about collaborators. So I was interested, who's collaborating with them? And then you come down to this page and you still have to keep searching a little bit. So let's meet our supporters, our collaborators. It goes back to the ARC Foundation. So here on the left, we see provincial education partners, all of the unions, of course, BT, uh, Teachers Association, QP. Really? Weren't the U unions all previously, uh, you know, didn't this all come together to make sure that employees had good wages? When did they become the social justice warriors of the world? Well, one of them is out on screen. 
So I thought, okay, who's out on screen? I came to the out on screen and I see death becomes her Halloween fundraiser and all of these move Vancouver Quilm queer film festivals, Becoming Queer Joy. Um, there's the uh, queer film festivals where children at school, if they, um, within this community, if they create videos that are really great, they get to go to the queer film festival and, and have themselves highlighted. And if you go to Out in Schools, let me see where I click next, okay? Out on Screens connected with Out in Schools. It was one more click and all of a sudden within three clicks, I ended up on this page and there's multiple videos of hardcore gay porn and numerous times you know they're all saying about these wonderful out on screens and out in schools and all these lgbtq uh non uh, or what do you call them um ngo groups non-governmental uh, groups but they're highly paid by the federal government and funded and these individuals are coming into your schools and meeting with the ministers of education and they are uh moving along uh, what it is without any parents knowing, creating committees within the school districts of um, radical activists who are effectively making change within the schools. Now, you think you're sending your child to school to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic, that it's a curriculum that's been approved by the government, but it's not so. There, There is educational policies uh, that are being affected within Okay, so back to a SOGI one, two, three, creating SOGI inclusive education is as easy as one, two, three. One is policies and procedures, two, inclusive environments, and then teaching resources. Well, I, you know, I click on things and I couldn't find the teaching resources. They say everything's available to us, but I kept finding it was difficult. So accessible resources, I started going into essential learning and it brought me back up here. Well, that's interesting. So BC Educator website, what's happening in British Columbia, and then started scrolling down. And again, I couldn't easily find the uh, teaching resources that were made available to our children. So I kept looking. Uh, I did come across that there's SOGI leads in the school. SOGI leads can be teachers, administrators, librarians. I've heard that they can be janitors, counselors, and see any other staff role in a school. So anybody can have access to your child and keep secrets with them and make sure that the parents are on the outside to push this agenda. Now, let's see why that's important when you see how vulnerable kids are in what the school is teaching them. But here's one more screen, uh, SOGI teams and committees. This one, it just kills me. In order to have overall support and buy-in, look at the language that they're using. Why would you need to have people have buy-in? If this was a really program for our kids, why do you have to have so much influence? Why is there so much sneakiness going on in the background? Soji inclusive education must be collaborative, embraced by many people, and there must be support and resources for both direct direction setting and putting that direction into action. When Soji teams and committees are referenced in this guide, the definitions of these two groups are but I thought this was interesting. These committees I was talking about, well, they talk about the SOGI lead, uh, leads and teams are made up of more than, I'm going to make that a little bit larger. 
okay, SOGI lead that are working together to further the progress of SOGI inclusive education. Here it talks about these committees, and this is very concerning. Schools and districts may have informal working groups, advisory committees, official committees, or standing committees. So these informal working groups, advisory committees are LGBTQ activists from these NGO groups who um, are create like they're the ones that would vote to have drag queens. They'd be pushing for drag queens to come into the schools. They would be uh, pushing for all things pride throughout the school year. They create those calendars that none of you know about or who can uh, easily find. You'll see the school calendar celebrating Remembrance Day and Christmas and Family Day and Easter, but you will not find the calendars that have all of the deviant sexual adult fetishes and proclivities that are on calendar school schedule throughout the year. Okay, we've seen some of those. We've seen the one that they quickly took down, for instance, in uh, Prince George, BC, and I've seen them come from other parents. Very scary stuff, what our kids are being exposed to. So it's these secret committees. A committee will have an explicit mandate, for example, to support the creation of implementation of the policy. That could be the Pride Month celebrations and the celebrations of the balloons and who is uh, going to have the displays ready for the kids and who's going to hand out the flags and the uh, rainbow song, who's going to invite the drag queen, how they're going to have all the children come together in the um, gymnasium to celebrate all of this through Pride Month, etc. You have no idea what's being passed and done in these committees. And it says, and may have requirements about which stakeholders must be present. Hmm. I wonder if I'd be permitted to be a stakeholder, to be part of this committee, or would I be discriminated against? I think I'd be discriminated against. Okay. Again, SOGI Inclusive Education Resource Guide. BC K-12 SOGI Collaborative prioritized the development of the resource guide to support SOGI leads who also contributed and provided substantial input. Did the parents get to provide substantial input into the education system, into the policies and guidelines? I don't think so. So I'm still searching. Thank goodness for, uh, you know, the whistleblower that initially sent me the toolkit. It helped get me started. But here's another thing on the BC website. You'll find them on your own provincial websites. This is from 2017. It says 19% of BC high school students identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual, or not exclusively heterosexual. Prior to all of this, and you got to remember, this has been going around for 30 years. They've been implementing the books into the education system. The language has been about the inclusive diversity. LGBTQ has been pushed by these committees, by these communities that have been, you know, very nefarious, kind of slippery in like slippery snakes in, in into our child's education. It used to be 0.001% of the population of kids in school were um, gay or lesbian, and none of them, zero trans kids. There's no such thing as a trans child, right? This is uh, something that's been created. From the uh, ARC Foundation, they've got a guy named, what's his name? Sorry, I'm not seeing it right here right away. Uh, anyway, somebody, a spokesperson was answering questions. And one of the questions, is it used to encourage gender dysphoria? They say, we believe claims of gender dysphoria are increasing because more people are choosing not to hide their real identities 
their entire lives. The point of SOGI 123 is to create safer and more inclusive envi environments for students of all sexual orientations and gender identities. So when you see the toolkit, you will understand why they absolutely 100% have manifested and created gender dysphoria and they are implementing this into the school systems and they are indoctrinating children to go down this path. A recent report has shown that 32% of grade seven and eight students are identifying as LGBTQ. This is not just because they're comfortable to feel their real selves. All right. Again, on the government's website, our team was looking up grooming, happens to be online dangers. Grooming is when someone builds trust with a child and sometimes the adults around them to gain access to and to gain access to and control the child by normalizing certain behaviors and expectations. Hmm, this sounds a lot like Soji123, but let's delve into one more report before we get into the um, actual SOGI123 resources. This is a report that's called Reexamining the Evidence for Comprehensive Sexual Education in Schools. It, this is a PDF from 2019. Sheila on our team, she's an amazing researcher. She found it. So let's first see what they say uh, about uh, critical, sorry, comprehensive sexuality education program success versus failure only 20 of the 40 programs actually measured the more rigorous definition of effectiveness example protective impact on a key indicator at least 12 months post program for the intended population without neg other negative effects and only three met that standard None of the three studies were by independent evaluators and two of them used the weaker outcome measures of more frequent or at last intercourse condom use. This was a success ratio of 15%, three out of 20, or inversely 85% of the CSE programs in US schools that measured real effectiveness failed to demonstrate it. Harmful program impact, seven studies reported 10 findings of harmful impact on the main intended population or substantial subgroup produced by six school-based CSE programs, uh, three increased rates of recent sex, one increased sexual initiation, two increased oral sex, one increased teen pregnancy, one increased number of sex partners, and two reduced com uh, condom contraceptive use. This was 12%, seven out of 60 of the studies or 15% of the 40 school-based CSE programs that showed harmful effects, which are higher rates than would be expected. So what it is saying is that there is a high rate, a very high rate of harm uh, due to the CSE. This is an actual study a report that has been done. I'm just going to try to find the other page, I believe. Page am I on? Page 13. Yeah, sorry, bear with me for a moment. 
In the conclusion, when measured by credible, credible criteria derived from the field of prevention research, a database containing 103 of the strongest and most recent CSE studies vetted for research quality by three reputed scientific agencies, UNESCO, CDC, and HHS, showed little evidence of CSE effectiveness in schools, settings, and a concerning number of negative effects. Let that sink in. UNESCO, the UN, the CDC, HHS in the US all have said a concerning number of negative effects where there was some positive evidence. Nearly all of it was produced by the programs, programs uh, developers and had not been replicated. And here in the end, in, when applying the same standards of effect effectiveness to AE, which is abstinence in U.S. schools, the evidence, though limited, was more independent and looked more promising enough to justify funding additional abstinent research and the courses. And of course, that's what we've been saying. And Audrey Werner was on. Uh, Phil Lease has said that abstinence uh, is promotes the best response with our youth and is the most healthy and has the best results. And so that's what Action for Canada is back to promoting the good old fashioned abstinence because it is in the best interest of our schools and to get all this wipe, all of this sexual deviance out of the school. All right. So what I'm going to delve into now is the uh, Soji toolkit. In the onset, it says SOGI 123 is not a curriculum, which is, is correct. It's a set of learning resources uh, according to the SOGIeducation.com website. The BC public policy regarding learning resources, I already mentioned that, stating that school boards are responsible for them. Uh, SOGI 123 sexualizes children. According to the Criminal Code of Canada, it's unlawful to sexualize children. The American Psychological Association defines sexuality as, I'm going to go to number two, all aspects of sexual behavior, including gender identity, orientation. Okay, so just keep that highlighted in your mind. Gender identity and orientation is sexualization of children. Sexualization in the definition in the dictionary. The act of endowing with sexual characteristics or of excessively emphasizing those characteristics. You are going to see gender identity and sexual orientation excessively emphasized throughout SOGI 123 learning resources. Indoctrination, the process of repeating an idea or belief to someone until they accept it without criticism or question. Isn't that what they're trying to force society to do? A lot of you will be fearful of being criticized if you don't go along. I just uh, on uh, the other night found out from uh, a mom whose daughter is going to the UBC University in British Columbia here, and they were sent to survey the students. And the survey asked the question, uh, well, one, it was saying that they were going to increase tuition by 4% and that the 4% was going to be given to individuals, LGBTQ, to go and have their bodies medically mutilated. At this point, every single provincial government is paying for the medical mutilation of individuals, for girls to have their breasts removed, for uh, males to have their penises chopped off, for girls to have, uh, you know, their arm, a chunk of their tendon and their arm taken off and made a fake penis of. This is all paying, being paid for you, for you by the taxpayer. Now they're wanting our students to pay for it. 
as if, you know, that this is, and ask the question, do you support LGBTQ? I'd outright no. But you know what? The parents are too afraid to go to the meeting. The students are terrified to say and give their real opinion for fear of being called a racist or a bigot or a homophobe. All right. It, we're the adults. We need to get on the front line of this and say, this is insane. It's demonic and it needs to stop. So grooming, I just mentioned uh, from the government said website is when it says uh, it uh, someone builds trust with the child. Uh, to gain access to and control the child by normalizing certain behaviors and expectations. What are they trying to normalize? Adult sexual proclivities. They make promises of a better life, which they tell kids, if you just transition, you'll be so much happier, you're born in the wrong body. Cause division, saying your parents are too strict or your parents don't understand you. You'll see how they create advocates. 100% the government's own website is saying that Soji is grooming their ch our children. Normalize sexual behaviors by showing the child sexual images or videos. Remember, I was banned from the Mission uh, School District because I showed the books, the sexual books on our PDF. And the headline in the newspaper the next day was that I was banned for showing uh, graphic um, information. All right. I've taken this report. I hope all of you received it this week. Week, If you haven't joined Action for Canada, make sure you do that so that you'll receive our weekly updates and notifications. And in green, I've made some um, green comments so that if you're reading it on your own, you can recognize what is grooming, exploitation, indoctrination. So I hope you don't mind, but I spent the first half of this show uh, wanting you to understand the history of how we came here, how they're selling it as an anti-bullying program, um, and how it's about all students, uh, etc. Okay, so what do they start off saying? Uh, they start off saying that publicly they claim that SOGI123 is for everyone, but here they specifically say the goal is to provide curriculum-focused learning that is centered around issues facing members of the 2S LGBT community. Well, I thought it was for all students. And you know what's happening to students that don't agree with this or parents? They are being persecuted. They are being discriminated against. They are being hated on. And uh, so it's right here. They are sneaky liars. They are dishonest. And they need to be called out. And that's what we're doing tonight. And it's anchored in text from each school's SOGI toolkit. And every school has to create a SOGI policy. So you can bet, don't think, you know, that your child is safe in the school. As Alex Newman repeatedly says, if you saw the school actually burning physically on fire, would you send your child in there? Right? The answer would be a hard no. And this schools, these schools are on fire. Okay, why is SOGI important? Every subject and grade level reflect a core competency of understanding and uplifting diversity. Why? These are prepubescent children that aren't looking at you, whether you're gay or lesbian. Get over yourself. You are there to teach our children reading, writing, and arithmetic. None of this nonsense should be within our schools. We should also be forming our classroom environments to reflect the diverse gender identities and sexualities. Well, what does it say up above in the definition of grooming and the definition of sexuality, gender identity, and orientation? So keep those things in mind as we go through this. 2S LGBTQ youth are seven times more likely than their heterosexual counterparts to attempt suicide. 
If we were to go back 20 years, that would be 0.001% of the population. It's a very small percentage of the population. And these children had underlying issues where they needed counseling. But now the government is prohibiting counseling, even though they're indoctrinating this and creating a mass social contagion. We'll get to that in a little bit. The truth of the matter is, is that when kids transition and kids that go down this path have a 19 times higher suicide rate than controls overall and 40 times higher for female uh, to male individuals. And of course, the girls are being hit the hardest through this. They're the ones coming home on, on the highest rate and so it's saying that they're no longer a girl, they're a boy. A 2019 report showed a 4,500% increase in girls that now identify as male. And so you can imagine after five more years, four more years of this indoctrination, that must be at 10,000%. Because you see 32% rate, you know, of kids, and, and I don't even think that's the true figures with all of the parents that come up to me and let me uh, know about what's going on. The same parent that was involved with the university student has her son last year in grade 10 with a trans activist in the class, LGBTQ activist, who used their trusted position to force the children to watch a drag queen video. And the child said, he said, I am not comfortable with this. Um, I want to be absent. And what if I was sick? She said, uh, he, she, or whoever it was the teacher was said, then you will fail. This is extortion. This is intimidation. This is happening to 15-year-olds, 8-year-olds, you know, 4-year-olds. It is. It has got to stop and we've got to rise up ferociously in defense of our children. I know moms whose daughters have been lured into this and have committed suicide. Don't tell me, don't talk to me about the 7% and base all of your argument on that. What is, uh, who is SOGI for? It says SOGI is every student, teacher, faculty, and administrator. Again, why? Why is so SOGI for the teachers and administrators? Kids in elementary school have no idea of your sexual adult proclivities or fetishes. You need to keep it out of the school system. Again, it talks about the 19% high school students, and we've compared that to hard numbers at 32%. Policies, inclusive policies and procedures that reference SOGI have been proven to reduce discrimination, suicide ideation, and suicide attempts. Wrong. This is false information. Uh, inclusive environments, uh, inclusive operations, language, and practices embedded in our, into our classrooms. Hear that word, embedded. I say that this is indoctrination. SOGI is not its own curriculum. We've talked about that. Um, SOGI is a learning resource, and we're going to skip down. Children are too young. So addressing concerns. Uh, children are too young to be exposed to this subject. And they say, oh, no, no. No one is too young to learn about love and respect for diverse individuals and families in our school community. Pedophilia is behind this agenda, as I've shown you on the L our uh, political LGBTQ site on the website, when we've looked at the WHO's new uh, sexuality uh, policies, right? Zero to four, teach children about masturbation, right? Sexualize them. And of course, uh, the whole direction that this is going is pedophilia because they're, they're advocating for children to be able to love whoever they want to love. Well, that's when they've been indoctrinated and groomed to have that uh, very unhealthy pedophilic relationship with an adult who's been grooming them. And that's why in Saskatchewan, uh, Scott Moe has come so hard down 
on on the policies, but the LGBTQ and EGAL have come out and said that they didn't want parental policies. They said that was this was in violation of a child's charter rights. All right. A child doesn't have the same charter rights because they're under the care of their parents. That's why they can't smoke drugs. That's why they can't go out and buy alcohol or have sex with prostitutes or, you know, get a driver's license. They're under the care of the parents. And it's obvious why parents need to maintain that control because of these individuals that are saying no one is too young to learn about love and respect. There is something underlying amongst this message. Children are not sexual and therefore they should not be exposed to this ideology. There are only two genders, male and female, and therefore boys and girls should only be encouraged to embrace their sex at birth because somewhere in here they, they talk about, um, according to the experts, between the ages of two and three, children begin to express their gender identity. And what this is based on is Kinsey, who, uh, Alfred Kinsey, who was a horrible pedophile, uh, Audrey Werner, we had her on the show and she gave the history of where sexual health came into the education system. And they keep wanting to say sexual orientation, SOGI is not sexual health. Then why do they keep talking about sexuality to children? Why is this not private and being done in sexual health classes? Well, because the underlying here is to sexualize children at the earliest stage possible. And that's why they're talking about two and three-year-olds being able to express gender identity because Kinsey was experimenting on babies and young children to the point that is so horrific and abusive and he was using pedophiles to do it. And out of his tremendous research, uh, the, he determined that kids were sex sexual at birth. And, and this is what is behind this agenda. And this is why we have to even remove sexual health from the education system. Okay, I don't know what just happened there, but I lost my page. There we go. Sorry about that. Uh, I just got to scroll down again. All right. Uh, SOGI123 does not encourage the adoption of, a t of an 2SLGBTQ identity. It merely elevates representation of this, these individuals while simultaneously building empathy. Okay. So in 2023, I've mentioned the number of kids has risen to 32%. You're going to see that they are 100% um, in affecting children and planting these seeds that grow uh, throughout kindergarten to grade one. It's never controversial to talk about the identities of the student in your classroom and school. Well, then tell me, pray tell, why is there uh, parents rising up en masse all over the world and around the world uh, against SOGI123 and the sexualization of our children? They absolutely know that this is a very controversial in issue. And that's why school boards are also blocking parents because they have infiltrated our school boards. And that's why we need to get also involved in elections. Many of Action for Canada's uh, chapter leaders got elected last year as school board trustees in those provincial elections. So we encourage you, think about it and keep getting educated so that you can run for those positions. All right, uh, the lesson, and then we go into KN1 and this physical health education, it's no longer PE physical education and it's not health education it's physical health education so they're incrementally implanting here sexual health into uh, physical health education it already talks about same-sex families to kindergartners right 
the, all my kid, my, my daughter was so excited to see that the teacher had a bunny rabbit in the class and, and, and frogs and that she could be part of, you know, feeding the frogs and the bunny rabbits. And on a weekend, we took the bunny rabbit home. She is not thinking about se someone's sexual preference. So they're starting really young. Ask students who's in a family, record their assist, uh, ideas on chart paper along with key words and picture symbols so that non-readers can tell who is who. Kindergartners, right? Be careful not to draw girls and boys in gender stereotypical ways. Stick figures with skirts or pants. Don't use that, right? That's taboo. Or using gendered colors, pink and blue. Excuse me? Excuse me? You're going to confuse children that early? because you have adult sexual proclivities or maybe some unresolved childhood issues that you think that children who never even would go down this path would even think about this, you wanna affect our kids? Prior to reading about diverse families, ask students to listen and watch for the different kinds of families they see within the book. This is indoctrinating and exploiting children's innocence. Parents would have no idea that this is going on. They'd have no idea because you can't find this resource anywhere easily. Uh, recommended books, all LGBTQ books. I thought they said that this was about all kids. It's exclusively LGBTQ. All right, here again, gay and lesbian, two dads, two moms. Would you want your children as a heterosexual Christian family, um, just any family, would you be wanting this planted in your kids' minds? Uh, this is beyond. You, you've just sent them there again to read and write. When you mention gay and lesbian parented families, some children may giggle. Take this teachable moment to let students know that these are the proper words to describe people who fall in love with someone of the same gender. Again, this is kindergarten. And then they talk about gay and lesbian as being the, the, the proper words of uh, two women who fall in love. It's not okay to use these words in a mean way or tease anyone. Use repetition uh, in this point to indoctrinate children and the normalization. Because it goes, on another day, you may wish to read a second family diversity story. You see how I mean? They're hitting the kids with it every single day, every single week. This is what's being implemented. There are some teachers, thank God, who are refusing to teach any of this. But we have enough of them that are doing this. We have enough activists in the school that are taking it upon themselves. All right. Um, ask students individually to point to different kinds of families. Uh, can you point to the family with two moms? Again, resources, a uh, family about diversity. That, uh, that's a family stretches the minds and touches the hearts. Uh, they talk about divorce, mixed race, gay and lesbian, kindergarten and grade one. I'm sorry, but I think this is inappropriate. Uh, we're going to skip down. Uh, it will move fairly quickly. After reading, add additional ideas to the chart from the story based upon students' responses. Gee, if you have an activist, I wonder what those additional ideas will be. Um, Stella has two dads. When mommy and mama get married, a uh, board book showing loving family activities in a two-dad family, two-mom family, 100% indoctrination, hyper-focused on the kids uh, learning about uh, these kind of proclivities. Use personal experiences. This one really got me. I'm like, excuse me? You know what happened to Sarah, the girl I had on my show at 14? A trans activist came in and said, if you're struggling with the body that you're in, you're gender dysphoric. That's a reckless comment. We can agree to make um, to a 14-year-old girl who is going through the changes of life and developing, or a boy, right? Use personal experience to connect the stories and other texts to the meaning.
Okay, to question gender identity. A person's appearance can change. Here we're getting into it, okay? Kindergarten grade one, a person's appearance can change. Why are you talking to a child about that? Why would they need to know this? Sometimes the change is subtle or superficial. Sometimes the change is more profound. Introducing gender fluid. All right, sorry, I'm just taking a pause. Uh, we are serving notices. Okay, so Sheila, remind me at the end, I will have a time of Q&A as well. I've got probably about 15 minutes left of the presentation. All right, then the next one is, people are entitled to be called by the name they identify with. This is the introduction of LGBTQ allies in the interference with parental rights and the pronouns. When people identify the name that they want to be called, it's respectful to use it. And we have grade four girls, uh, one mom, there was, uh, her daughter was 12, year old, 12 years old. Five other girls were identifying as boys. And this little club now all picked the cool new boy name they were had. They were all getting their hair chopped off. They were all buying whatever jeans and, and dressing like boys. Do you see where this is going and how it's happening? And they're telling you they're not indoctrinating your children. Then they asked them to brainstorm ways they might notice that I look different. Suggestions that were generated were wearing a hat one day, wearing different shoes, getting a haircut. And goes on about having, you know, here about a beard. Um, you know, and they think about those kids that are thinking of their dad that has a beard one day or a mustache. And then all of a sudden he shared, shaved it off. I remember my dad grew a beard uh, when I was younger because he had chicken pox. <laughs> and when he came to pick me up at school, I was a little girl and I didn't recognize him because I'd seen him for so long with this beard. All right, this is a totally different scenario, right? They're talking about teaching kids to transition and change from their biological sex into the opposite sex. Um, steps towards teaching children to identify as the opposite sex. We could just ask what you want us to call you. Kindergarten and grade one, excuse me? Are you outraged right now? Some, some possible reasons why someone might have uh, more than one name. I don't care. Why are you talking to kindergartners about this? Uh, then I shared introducing Teddy. The story presented in uh, introducing Teddy can be deconstructed in a number of le levels that vary in sophistication. Depth of, of engagement will de be dependent on the developmental level of students as well as on which topics are most relevant to the social dynamics in the classroom. Social constructs, social engineering of our children. In more advanced classrooms, introducing Teddy and this lesson can be a springboard for conversation about non-binary understandings of gender deconstructing stereotypical gender ideas. They use animals, penguins, right, to make this whole agenda more acceptable. Can you picture, I'm sorry, every time I go through this, I get so outraged because I read to my kids all the time, and especially my daughter loved animals, penguins, going to the zoo and, you know, every, everything. We have dogs, we have mice, we've had rabbits, everything in our home, and they're using this to uh, manipulate children and uh, lure them into their web. This programming is cre creating confusion, anxiety, inner turmoil, depression, and causing children to distrust their own innate instincts and question the values taught to them by their parents. Children are instructed to keep secrets, which creates divided loyalties that isolates them from their family. This is grooming. This is an attack against the natural family to deconstruct societal norms. All right. Um, 
Okay, K, one, two, and three, now we're advancing. And so they say keep going over these. Uh, okay, question. I just wanna make sure that I'm not missing any notes from my team. Okay, uh, kindergarten one, two, and three, AKA overview of steps of indoctrination. Remember I said, and it's set up above about emphasizing sexuality, uh, repetition is, is part of it. So through kindergarten, they're introduced, grade one, it's repeated, grade two, it's repeated, grade three, it's repeated, and then it advances. You can see all the key words and the big ideas of, um, of this, uh, everyone has a unique story, the diversity, identity, identity, diverse cultures, a form of indoctrinating children through reading strategies uh, to help students share and explore their identities. Again, why? They're male and female. To provide students with an opportunity to share some of their identities with classmates and teachers to explore the concept of gender expression. Now, this one about uh, a book read aloud, uh, there's one, I don't know if uh, red crayon yet. It's natural for young children to notice differences. This le lesson offers an opportunity to build classroom community by giving students a choice to share and learn about each other's differences. Each student will create a detailed drawing of themselves after reading the book, Be Who You Are by Todd Parr as a class. And you know that this book is going to lean to a child uh, changing uh, their gender identity. And then what a wonderful opportunity to discuss identity and gender expression with young children. One of the learning objectives of this lesson to teach is to accept and embrace the many ways students may choose to express who they are through clothing and hairstyles. Again, step-by-step -step indoctrination. Uh, rainbows, I'm just going to keep going down. Here they say uh, students, remind students, uh, this can be called gender expression. New Dress is a great book to further explore this concept. Uh, remind students that we cannot assume students, assume someone's gender identity. She, he, neither, or both. All right, listen to that, right? Based upon how they look, there are lots of ways to be a girl, boy, both or neither. You're, they're telling us that there isn't a good reason, that, that now kids can be their true selves. It's not because of what they're teaching our children. There is no science to support that there is uh, scientifically somebody can be both or neither, all right? Uh, these, are, these, are, these are psychological issues and they're being planted in our kids and you can see why there's a mass contagion. All right, uh, students can also change their hairstyle that represents their true selves. You can see a lot of the language is building now, their true selves, where, where have you ever heard that? How would their parents feel? I think their true selves, when they brought them home from the hospital, was either they brought home a beautiful little boy or a beautiful little girl. While students are sharing their work uh, with each other, are they using vocabulary and showing comprehension of the concept of gender expression? Now, ELA, social studies, P-H-E, there's that again, right? Not P-A-E, but P-H-E. Self-identity, planting seeds, self-identifying, mental well-being. And of course, they start talking about mental well-being. Uh, because this is so psychological, so many parents are saying their kids are uh, more depressed and more anxious than ever before. And younger and younger kids are needing to go onto uh, drugs. By incorporating books with gender diverse characters in the classroom, students will appreciate the gender spectrum, fluidity, and the use of gender pronouns. Remember I said they were gonna be building 
on uh, you know moving kids and implanting these ideas. The gender spectrum is then when they now put a chart up and they have Prince Charming on one side and a princess on the other and say, you know, go and identify where you feel you most belong. And so after the indoctrination, uh, you've got the girls who are now feeling maybe a little bit cool to be part of a club, and they're gonna be those boys, right? And, and the activists and those special committees, the janitor, uh, you know, the administrators, the teachers, the principals, the librarian are going to start targeting those kids. They probably run the Gay Straight Alliance clubs, or now they call them, uh, what was it the lady told me the other day, they're now calling them rainbow clubs, and now they're getting away from all of those names because they're too too well identified, and, and they've got something much more benign and now that they're naming the clubs. And so the kids on the PA are being um, invited that if you are uh, gay, straight, questioning, whatever, come to the clubs at lunch hour or after school. And so here they're talking about gender spectrum, fluidity, and the use of gender pronouns. They're, you know, oh. A rigid gender binary or with the gender they were assigned at birth may feel validated by seeing their life lived experience respectfully represented in the classroom. This is lunacy. The ARC Foundation and the individuals within the Minister of Education should be locked up and put in jail. All of the evidence is here showing that they are indoctrinating our children. Lived experience, right? you know, questioning they're now assigned at birth. I'm outraged. Nothing subtle about the gender spectrum and what they're doing. They're creating a mental emotional crisis and then providing a solution, self-identification and transitioning, just like they did with uh, Sarah. They got her to question her biological sex at birth because she was having some psychological issues that she needed counseling over. And instead they fast-tracked her onto drugs. And at 16, the government, you and I paid to have her breasts removed. And at the age of 20, she, thank God, uh, you know, realized that she'd been duped. But do you know how many kids are committing suicide because of this? You can see it. You can see that this is indoctrination. Now they start with the she and he and they step-by-step step, incremental. So do teachers children to accept other people's delusions and to rest, uh, reject science and biology. Call a boy, a girl, a he, a she. This is what they're doing now when they get to sec uh, what grade one, two, three, depending, I guess, on how advanced the teacher has the class. Uh, then there's the book about Bailey, whose mom didn't want to call her son a boy, I believe it was, or the backwards way around. And it says, ask what clues tell us that Bailey is a girl. So this is a biological boy. And he came home and told his mom that he wanted to wear a dress and he's a girl. And the mother went, no, you're not a, you're not a, a girl, you're a boy. And so it's like, no, I'm not. Show, show students the page, then show and read the sentence and ask what clues tell us that Bailey is a girl. Discuss how pronouns help us to talk about, talk without saying a person's name over and over. And so uh, then it goes, when babies are born, doctors and parents usually decide if the baby is a boy or girl. Grade three, not everybody will grow up feeling like or identifying as a boy or girl, just like Bailey, right? And just to, you know, how that mom came to accept that her beautiful little boy is actually a girl. This is disgusting. Remember, this is K to three teaching non-sexual prepubescent children about sexual matters and deceiving them. This is indoctrination. Way 
you uh, this way use the transgender to describe them. Sometimes people who feel this way use the word transgender to describe themselves. They're introducing transgenderism to kids in grade three. Ask students, what does it mean to feel like a boy or feel like a girl? Do people ever feel a bit like both? Indoctrinating. Ask students, how do they think Bailey feels when her mother, father, and, and or brother call her a boy? What do you think Bailey's family should do? And again, this is creating those allyships that come with the clubs later on as they get into grade three and four. This is what's turning parents, uh, children against their parents in their relationship and the authority in the ch children's lives because now they have this allyship at school and the parents don't understand when all of a sudden they come home and say, I'm a boy. Uh, this, uh, again, could be devastating for a child who is being coerced because they're being told to stand up in, in class and uh, give their pronouns. Uh, student activity, I'm going to start just rushing through this now. Compelled speech. Handout name pronoun cards. So they're building on this in grade three. Students who may need more time with the book directly are encouraged to work in smaller groups, right? Because they're not indoctrinated enough. They're not accepting this. So you better continue to repeat it and just tell them to read the book again. And do you remember what the term indoctrination said, right? That you continue to repeat it until there's no argument over it. And that's what uh, this is doing. Um, I'm just going to look at my notes because I just want to scoot down. <clears throat> And I lost them because they fell. Okay. I'm almost finished. I want to get down to gender fluidity. Again, boys and girls do not look or behave. They aren't embracing the new ideology. Stay on them until they do. Uh, emotion. Okay, so here they talk about something I want to warn you about is a term that they call emotional regulation. And emotional regulation is actually the definition is the ability to exert control over one's own emotional state. However, this lesson plan manipulates children's emotions because they're having them repeat it until they, um, you know, agree with it. Now, I have mentioned pre previously way down here on page 25. Now it as, okay, so what if your friend, you know, what it, it goes through here, how would your friend feel if you didn't support how they feel on the outside, then the outside, inside, then they ask the question, how would your friend feel if their parents didn't support how they were on the inside? Now it asks, strangest question if you ask me, what if you felt like an owl inside, but everyone else kept telling you that you were a person? How would you feel? Is this subtly introducing our children to furries? Furries is where adult, mostly men, I understand, probably women as well, but mostly men, it's an adult sexual fetish, very deviant fetish that they're introducing our children to. And you hear about the kitty litter classes. I just met somebody on the island who 100% said absolutely there was a kitty litter um, in their child's classroom. And kids are identifying as cats or wolves or the rest of it. Okay, again, sexualizing children as they go through the program. I am going to uh, stop sharing uh, this. As you can see, I think we've had enough of it. A hundred percent, they are sexualizing our children. So, um, no, I'll still share screen, please, Terenzio. I'm just going to show people the notice of liability. We've updated it because uh, I spoke to an MLA who was concerned that teachers who are on our side would receive this and think that we were immediately taking legal action against them. The notice of liability is to 
in, uh, to warn people what they're doing is either causing harm or unlawful. In this case, you can see it's both. It's causing harm and it's illegal. So we've um, added a bit of a disclaimer in here to let them know the notice of liability is, uh, well, it's also offering them the ability to resist participation by using it as justification to your superiors of your unwillingness to risk personal liability. So a principal can go to the school board, say, I'm not teaching this. Um, it's coming apart. It's coming undone. They're going to start um, charging, uh, you know, um, individuals, teachers, etc., with harming children. It's, it's going to come down the pipe, um, especially, like I say, what's happened in California. So Bill C-4 was passed by the government that now your children comes home completely confused. And they say that you must only take them to a gender dysphoria clinic. You cannot bring them to counseling or for prayer because you will go to jail for five years. And that's the same for pastors or counselors. Uh, conversion therapy in the old days was when 70 years ago plus, uh, gay men didn't wanna be gay and they went to therapy and they were castrated and given drugs and uh, electric shock treatments. And that was said to be horrific. And what do you know, what is our government doing? They are uh, causing genital, female genital mutilation, which was Islamists and um, other uh, foreigners coming into Canada and uh, doing F FGM on uh, young girls. And it was usually, you know, something done that was part of a ritual uh, that was uh, Islamic, female genital mutilation. And now what is our government doing? They are uh, mutilating females' genitals, I mean, little girls. And as well, it says in the uh, criminal code, everyone who commits an aggravated assault, who wounds, maims, disfigures, or endangers the life of a complainant. Well, it includes maims, includes mutilate. They are mutilating our children. You can't chop off somebody's penis and tell me you're not mutilating them. You can't try to attach a fake penis and tell me you're not mutilating them. You can't cut off a girl's breasts intentionally, healthy breasts, and tell me that you are not mutilating them. This is a top-down problem. Justin Trudeau is involved in this, as well as, uh, you know, uh, Premier Notley, uh, Jagmeet Singh, and uh, John Horgan and many, many other elected officials. You need to know who you vote for and get them out of office. There is scripture on this that clearly, clearly says, you know, that homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord. And God gave them over to their shameful lusts at this point. And men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty. This is what's happening in our nation and we need to shut it down. Uh, those are the books. I just, that was uh, Audrey Werner's. I'm just going to skip through this. John Euler said that uh, pornography is at the root of this. That's why these disgusting books are in the schools. Um, because if you don't have pornography, he said, you don't have the LGBTQ. And uh, this video has 1.1 million views uh, with the um, uh, interview that we had with John. It's absolutely amazing. It lets you know the predators among us. They've already said that gender diverse offenders are high sexual offenders of children. And we are pumping out in our schools based on what the government is doing and what I just showed you. They are creating gender diverse students, 100% hands down. And out of that, they are either going to become one of two things, victims or predators. And it's not if, it's when. Uh, there was just reports here, the government's own websites that are showing that our kids are being sexually abused. Uh, this was uh, pedophilia communities for child love research at the McGill University. These are sick individuals in high places of government. When I was on the island, there was some backlash. Uh, they're now wanting to remove uh, property tax exemptions 
from uh, churches. And the reason they say is, uh, one was because I was coming, one was uh, for other reasons, a pastor had attended a march, I understand. Uh, so he had already lost his uh, government granted property tax. Uh, there needs to be backlash over this. And uh, the other was that is the Comox, Com Comox Church was hosting me. Every time a tax exemption is given, it increases the tax burden on those of us who pay taxes. So we we ask, is the town of Comox um, going against its own diversity and inclusion policies? Well, what about religion? Why, why has everybody forgotten about the freedom of religion in these churches to have people like me who are actually fighting hard to advocate for the indigenous people who are being exploited for our children in the LGBT community, community who are being exploited by adults and sickos, why is it that uh, the churches? Let's let's put another, uh, let's put some perspective on this. So this guy is worried about a few tax dollars in the community, while Trudeau turns around and gives a hundred million in historic action plan for 2SLGB. A hundred million. And recently this summer to keep the hoorah going because everybody is not about hate. We disagree with them sexualizing children, but 1.5 million of our tax dollars. So under current issues, go down to political LGBTQ activism. You will find this page, scroll down the page. You will find uh, most everything that I have spoken to you about tonight. There's about Sarah. Here's about teaching zero to four year olds about masturbation. Here is the video on critical, uh, sorry, on comprehensive sexual education and so, so much more. All right. It's a great resource. We have been pumping out the, I highly recommend that you print off our flyers and uh, get them into the hands of as many parents as possible. Bring them with you when you're at the mall. Bring them to church. We do have a church version. Do not hand them to children because although these have been considered not pornographic by the BC RCMP and uh, the heads of uh, ministers of education, they are. We don't want our kids seeing them. Hand out also the letter that prohibits uh, non-governmental and special interest group flags and paraphernalia to be in the schools. All schools should be uh, publicly neutral. There is a duty right here, Supreme Court ruling, a duty of state neutrality, which means that all public spaces, none of these little LGBTQ propagandas, they're all meant to, they're a political symbol. And the schools here, right here, it says, Gilbert Baker did not mince words when he said that's what flags are for. Flags are about proclaiming power, that visibility is key to our success and to our justice. Think about all of those powerful little rainbow flags that you have in your classrooms as everybody's um, advocating for these poor victims. You know what? They're not the victims. These are abusers. These are bullies and they need to be removed. And then I talked to you at the very beginning about the uh, trans flag and the individual Robert Hogue who created it is um, just a, a terrible sexual deviant, it included orgies and fantasies with men and with children. And WPATH is the one that uh, offers a trans surgery medical association that collaborates in castration and child abuse fetishes. You should see the who they're uh, aligned with. WPATH, they say they're advocating for children and their right to have um, medical mutilating surgery. Uh, there's BDSM involved, uh, seeking total body modification. 
a slave in research of master that would like to take a boy and transform it into an exotic exotic fetish toy. They get off on castration. This is sick and our, our um, elected officials and our trustees need to understand this. The best news report is 26 states in the US are fighting this and legislation is being passed against the mutilation of our children, against trans activists uh, coming into the schools, against drag queens, against critical race theory, uh, all of it, it's going down. And we are so happy to say four provinces, New Brunswick, Ontario, Saskatchewan and Manitoba are all signing legislation on behalf of parents. I'm going to just go in and close up with if uh, just a reminder, we have the five week marriage uh, seminar coming up. We must invest in our families. They are cornerstone to a strong, uh, thriving society, community, financially and in every possible way. And I tell you, kids sure benefit from it when your marriage is strong. We are going through the course. Uh, we're just finishing. It's a nine-week course. We finished the first uh, five-week uh, sessions last night. It's phenomenal. Uh, Phil and his team are doing an excellent job. I highly recommend you watch the videos on the um, uh, parent webinar page that is under resources and that uh, the four final courses uh, sessions will be in January. So we have it as an ongoing registration. Be sure you hook up with that. Um, sexual risk avoidance. Again, we're focusing on our kids, on abstinence. It's a phenomenal course. And again, it's running for, I believe it's four more weeks through November. We're halfway. If you're just learning about it, sign on. A little bit of something is better than nothing. We are investing in our kids. We've done the youth leadership programs. And I'm just so excited, you know, about the uh, speeches that are coming out of these kids. You got to go onto this page and listen to them. Intelligent. These are the kids of the future. Please support Action for Canada, our youth programs. This all costs money to have our empower hour going it costs money to get this information out all the work that we're doing please become a ten dollar a month donor i'm going to finish up by showing this awesome video unfortunately this young man i don't know him he's not part of the youth leadership but i could completely see uh that uh, one of our youth leaders could uh create a video like this terenzio what are we talking about? What is the plot? If you are a Susie, you can't be a Scott. I know it's a doozy, can't be what you're not. Ain't getting to heaven with nail paint. It's gonna be hot where you're going, that's Hellgate. They gonna have fun with your soul, gonna be jailbait. There's only two, you put more weight to felt great. I'm homeschooled, I don't follow them. They look like alien, hollow men. He coming back, he gonna swallow them. I follow God and I'll never acknowledge them. I look around, I see a circus. Are making me nervous, but I serve a big God and I got a purpose. All of these demons will burn in the furnace. Every day, new gender. I post the truth to the youth and you censor. Can't seem to get rid of me, do better. It's 2023, and still there is only two genders. Two genders. I quote the facts, you delete, you too tender. Man, y'all gotta do better. I love the Bible and it says there's only two genders. All right, we support that at Action for Canada. There's only two genders, and I love, he started out with homeschooling. 
If we're saying the school is on fire, it's burning down, and we're saying pull your kids out in churches everywhere I'm going in conversation with pastors and with the members in the community and Action for Canada members, they are developing homeschool uh, uh, pods within the churches and within the Action for Canada chapters. So please make sure that if, you need, if you're thinking of homeschool, you can pull your kids out whenever you want. Uh, we have provided uh, homeschool uh, associations on our, on by province, sorry, made available to you. We have vetted them. Uh, Doris is head of our homeschool uh, lead, and you can get her email there to reach out her to her directly if you need assistance. Okay, so um, the Bible says in Proverbs 2022, 20, sorry, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. But I got to add, if you have him in this cesspool that they call this petri dish of indoctrination at the schools, I would imagine your child will be pulled. They will be pulled. So this is what it means. It says, uh, train them up a child in the way he should go. That means the way, that means from beginning to end in the way they should go. You need as a parent to have control over this. And so anyways, okay, I, um, Terenzi, if you just want to bring me back on, I know that there's been some questions, so I'll answer those before finishing up. Um, okay, doke. Just gonna pull a screen. Let me just get my own my back screen here lined up a little bit, and we're good to go. All right, I'll be working off my phone. I think uh, somebody has said that they're serving NOL to libraries and schools in Ontario. Thank you so much. Awesome. <laughs> we are being told that the NOLs don't mean anything. The Canadian Federation of Library Libraries is telling their staff that the NOLs don't mean anything. It says that pornographic books are allowed because it's freedom of speech. Any advice on to handle this? So yes, we're aware of the uh, CFLA's, the um, Canadian Library Association's uh, view. Uh, two years ago when we started the Notice of Liability, we had teams across Canada serving them. What this is going to do as we're preparing ourselves, because you know legal action's coming, it may not always just be from Action for Canada, but things are percolating. And is the Canadian Federation of Library Associations going to be in a good position when this happens, knowing that they've been served? As I mentioned, the notice of liability is a warning. We're given a shot across the bow saying you have an opportunity here to do the right thing. Just like we did with the campaign, for those that don't know, uh, back in 2021, we had served all of the school board superintendents, all 60 of them, a notice of liability against the jab, enforcing the jab. In August of 2021, we not only uh, uh, submitted our notice of civil claim in our BC and federal ac action, but within that action, within our legal action with Rocco, the Minister of Education, Jennifer Whiteside, was named. When September came along, there were rumors that they were going to say that teachers and school staff needed to get the injection in order to work and that they wanted their private medical information. The associations uh, came out because of the uh, 60 school board superintendents being served, they also came out in August and said, ignore those notices of liability under the School Act, you're immune from liability. I know I may be repeating myself for some, but some of you may be hearing this for the first time. As a result, I saw that, I wrote a cover letter, and our team got very busy, and the Minister of Education, they put it on the school boards to vote whether or not the staff should be jabbed and the teachers. Well, who are they? They're not doctors. 
and they can't get, uh, it's a violation to take somebody's private medical information. So I did a cover letter advising them that they better look at section 94, two and four of that very same act because it shows where they could be held liable. Now, we're not a big, uh, the people, the Canadians aren't big gamblers, right? So what do you think they did? We served them all the notice of liability and then they started to vote and they started to vote no against jabbing their staff and their teachers. It was effective because they were elected as school board trustees and they never signed up to be put in a precarious position where they may or may not get, uh, um, how, ca how can I say, uh, charged legally, liably, or even as a school board. And so they did the smart thing and they voted no. Going into SOGI, we're taking it in the same direction. These people will never be able to say that they didn't know, that they weren't warned, that they were causing harm. Everybody has a duty to protect our children under the criminal code. Any decent thinking person with an ounce of morality or ethics in them knows that these, pornograph these books are pornographic. The book identical, I've had two top psychologists tell me 100% these books are pornographic, all right? They graphic detail describe a father raping his seven-year-old daughter while the twin daughter watches. This is sick. It's perverse. And so either the head of the uh, Canadian Federation of Libraries is part of this sick trend and they're aligned with it, or they're completely spineless and they don't want to stand up against the mob. I don't know what their excuses are, but you've done the right thing in serving them. I would even send them additional letters. I would also send them information on the case that has just taken place a few months ago. We've got that on the webpage as well about the um, mother who ended up suing the school board and was awarded $150,000. It does happen. It will happen. This is really falling apart in Canada and we're not going to stop and until we get there. Okay, um, another question here was, should we all start writing the school boards and the provincial government to show how much we are all against what has been talked about? Absolutely. And we need more Action for Canada chapters. We want to be in every single district because within our chapters and people who have followed Action for Canada are so well-versed on the issues that they can easily win in any debate. All right, so we need you to be well-educated. We need you as part of a chapter because we create these coalitions of, of people that can go ahead and then end up electing these good people into office. You're part of the pushback. You help us to create rallies, to go to every single school board meeting, to every city council meeting, wherever we need to be right? Is that there is strength in numbers. So yes, sign up, be here, support us. All right, my friends, uh, Sheila, is there, if I'm looking at the chat right now, if you want to communicate with me there, is there any questions, anybody else have any questions, anything that I missed? Okay. Phew. That was a uh, much needed, uh, very necessary Empower Hour tonight. I was so pleased. I've spent many, many hours researching and our team in order to pull this information together. And now what you can do to help as well is make sure that you send this information to your friends, to other parents. Don't be afraid that, you know, they'll reject you. 
If you've got nieces and nephews, if you're a grandparent and you know what, you know that your kids or your grandkids are going into these schools and they're on fire, you would throw your life down for them. And many grandparents asked me when I was um, uh, touring is this very same scenario. You know, my granddaughter is in the school. My daughter is not, you know, getting it. I don't know what can I do. Well, at the top of the political LGBTQ page, there is three videos and we're going to make sure this one gets uh, to the top of it as well. Start sharing the videos with those you care about in your life. And, and you know what? Share even our flyer with those you care about. Pay the money, help our teams. I know there's all the marching going on across Canada, but do you know that the way they've won wars in the past, this is an information war, as all wars are. Because as with Hitler, he he was, uh, you know, campaigning through the media about the Jews and telling horrific lies about them. And then, you know, people, you know, begin. They made them subhuman. The Muslims make Jews subhuman. They compare them to pigs and us infidels, right? Which makes it easier to kill us. It makes it easier to stand against us. Look what they're doing to our children. We are at war. This is an ideological war. This is a culture war. The LGBTQ 100% are political and have no business being in our schools. And I just love, you know, again, this prayer. Thank you, Terenzio. Okay, I see that you're saying there's another question. I'm seeing where that question is. Okay, so when it says if we use the NOL, does it become a, a, a legal issue? No. When it becomes legal is if we decide to take legal action against an individual, we use it as evidence to show, you, like say for instance, with the head, the Minister of Education, uh, Ms. Rashna here in, thank you, Terenzio, in Ms. Rashna here in British Columbia. All right, she has been warned. She has been shown that this information, but they're on this social justice campaign that is out to destroy our children. So now if we decide that we've got enough as, um, evidence against her that she has knowingly participated in the sexualization of our children, in the indoctrination and the grooming of our children, say we commence um, action, she can use this as we can use this as evidence against her because it completely spells out all of the harms. I was recently told, and I, I came across the email, actually it was a little while ago, there's a gentleman in Alberta who used our... A notice of liability to serve to his employer against the jab and he's actually taking legal action and he used our notice of liability as evidence. I'd love to hear how that case is going and if there's any update on that. So there's lots of ways you can help us out. Share this video, share our information, have people uh, sign up with Action for Canada and join, and join us. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Uh, on on our um, empower our videos and share 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 them get our information out we can't be on YouTube uh, it's amazing that we got 1.1 million views with uh, John Euler I would like to see a million views on everything we're pumping out because it's important information <laughs> so we could use your help and again please financially support Action for Canada there's legal act actions I've got percolating big ones and I need money <laughs> I need money coming in I need support. And uh, if you haven't heard the update about Rocco, we are going to be in the uh, appeals court 
on February 14th of 2024. So that case is moving along. Don't listen to the little agitators in the background. We're up in a war here, but there's a couple of more legal actions that I need to commence. And honestly, I'm, I'm saying this genuinely, please begin to financially support Action for Canada on a greater scale. All right. Thank you so much. Terenzio, can we go to our Bible verses? Oh, so, sorry. That's right. I am really thrilled. I've been wanting uh, uh, Denny on for a little while here, actually. Denny Rancourt is coming on, Professor Denny Rancourt, and he's done this amazing study that actually proved that show that the jab has caused 17 million deaths. And, and I'm sure you could probably even put a one in front of that for, for the harms and deaths that this has caused, but all the information is coming out. So we're going to be talking about that uh, next week. And uh, so, like I say, be sure to share the Empower Hour link when you get it and to join us again next week. All right, the verses for tonight, there's going to be two of them. Uh, be careful. Watch out with exclamation marks. See that you don't think these children are worth nothing. Do not despise or look down on them, for I tell you that they have angels in heaven who are always within the presence of my Father in heaven. That's a huge warning, right? Love this one. I've already said it tonight. Thank you, Heather, for providing this. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 20, 22, 6. All right, that was a big evening tonight. Thank you everybody for sticking on with us here. Thank you for all of you who are going to view this um, in, afterwards. And we do again ask that you would share that and make sure that you subscribe to our Rumble cham channel and give us a thumbs up. All right, God bless you and God bless Canada. Thank you, see you next week.
because we as a nation have turned our backs on him and we need to get right.